Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Murtanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heta Vejagatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own self. Your own beingness. Your own essence. Your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Namo Namaha. How big is your heart? By this, I mean to ask, how many people do you love? I hope you have a nice long list. You can include people on your list that you love, whether or not they're perfect. Whether or not they love you back. Whether or not the relationship is fair or equal. Whether they're still in your life or not. Is your list getting longer? How many people do you love? 
no matter how many are on your list, I'm going to say it's too short. It's a few billion short. I learned this from Jessica McClure. When she was 18 months old, she fell into a well. It took 56 hours to rescue her. This was 1987, and it was covered by national television obsessively. The whole nation was gripped. It was the first time that national media carried a story live like this. Since then, we've seen many other desperate rescues, and we've cared about each one of them. You do, in fact, care about other people, even strangers. So your list is longer than you think it is. Good. The reason is deep. Deep within, you care about everyone. It's because deep within, you recognize the divine essence that is the heart, at the heart of everyone and everything. This knowing is deep in you. It's an organic, visceral, foundational sense of the sanctity of life in every form it takes. This is the self, your own self, recognizing self in another. In the knowing of your own self, when you settle within, when you abide in your own source, you are a mystic. One who sees the divine in the mundane. It's all God. Baba said it this way. I am the same Pada Shiva who becomes the universe and dwells in its heart. The one divine reality, Pada Shiva, becomes all that exists by emanating the energy that coalesces as matter. That includes everything that exists, even your body, mind, and heart. Shiva is being you while being all. Saying this way, describing it this way, is cosmic and somewhat impersonal. The one divine reality becomes all that exists, including you. Okay, now think James Earl Ray. The one divine reality that becomes all that exists is being you. I can get on board this. It's kind of like riding a comet through the sky with the comet tail streaming light and sparks that turn into particles and become matter cosmic. But Baba turns it around. He makes it personal when he says, I am the same Parashiva who becomes the universe and dwells in its heart. It's personal. 
It's about you as a person. He describes who you are. You are Parashiva, the same Parashiva who becomes the universe and dwells in its heart. So where will you go to find yourself? Start in your heart. But then you have to go deeper because your heart is merely an entry point. Baba is talking about the heart of your beingness. This heart is the mystical heart of beingness itself, called samvit, the mystical heart of beingness itself. And how big is that heart? How big is the mystical heart of your own beingness? It is big enough to hold the whole universe and all that are in it. This is all summarized in his sutra. Shiva Sutras 1.17, Vitarka Atmanyanam. Right knowledge is knowledge of the self. The Sanskrit words are straightforward. Atmanyanam. Atma is self. Nyanam is knowledge or knowing. Atmanyanam is your own knowing of your own self. Vitarka. Okay, this term is not so straightforward. It has two levels of meaning. One is thought, and the other is a deeper inner knowing. Thus, I will explain the sutra in two ways. Right understanding is knowledge of the self. Unwavering awareness is the knowing of the self. Let's look at both of them. The first meaning is about getting from the outside to inside, to use your mind to explore your heart all the way into your mystical heart. You can actually do something to expand your heart to expand your inner being, to expand your knowingness, to expand into the infinity of your own divinity. What is this something that you can do? It's called practices, mystical practices from the mystical science of yoga. You have a capacity to make a difference in how you feel. You can choose to do what you've always done, and you'll get what you always have gotten. Or you can do something different, and you'll get different results. With yoga, you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to patch it together from here and there. You don't have to do trial and error. You can actually do what others have proven works. You can follow a pathway that has been carved through the wilderness of your mind. Yoga gives you a well-marked trail that takes you where you want to go. I went for a walk on a well-marked trail a couple of days ago. Alongside the river, the paved walkway works well for pedestrians as well as bicycles. 
wide enough for traffic going in both directions. After I had walked out a ways and then turned around and headed back to my car, I saw an older gentleman walking on the mud and rocks downslope from the trail. He just couldn't follow the beaten path. He had to do it his way. He had a walking stick and boots, all set to tramp through the weeds and the swampy water. You know, some people just like to do things the hard way. It reminds me of a woman I met when I was the president of the National Yoga Alliance. As the founding president, I traveled around to different yoga conferences and teaching centers, giving presentations to thousands of yogis and teachers in these places. It was about getting them on board for creating a self-governing organization for yoga teachers at that point, mainly to protect us from government regulation. I remember one yoga teacher who came up to talk with me after I gave my presentation. She wanted us to stop the organizing effort. She didn't want a national organization that would protect yoga teachers. I asked her why. She said, if yoga becomes mainstream, I'll go find something else to do. (laughs) Being different was more important to her than being enlightened. (laughs) Poor woman. So what if maybe the trail laid down by the ancient yogis is wide and smooth and open and easy to walk? What if it is beautiful and uplifting? Maybe it could even be health-giving and happiness-inducing. Yes, yoga and meditation will do all of that for you. And what if there are millions of people trekking this trail, and the trail can accommodate all of them without crowding. In fact, the trail is that wide and that easy. Best of all, the world is improved with the millions of yogis trekking this smooth, easy path. Well, here we are at the trailhead. Do you want on? Are you happy with what you're getting from how you're using your mind, breath, and body? Do you want in? For the destination is inside. Not just your heart, but deeper, the mystical heart of your own beingness itself. Vitarka Atmanyanam. Right understanding is knowledge of the self. This first translation of the two that I'll speak about explains that you cultivate right understanding from the outside inward, starting with your mind, to get to the knowing of your own self. This includes mantra repetition, certainly, but it is more. To cultivate right understanding means you have to counter your wrong understandings, that instead of seeing threats and danger everywhere, see that people have shining eyes and good hearts. Instead of living in reruns from your past, 
look to how you can change your future. Instead of nursing your grievances, consider that other people have been through a lot too, and maybe be a little understanding of their process. And mantra helps with all of this too. You know, usually you use your mind to focus on differences, the differences between you and others. I'm not like them. They're different than me, better than, worse than. Oh, how your mind loves to measure and grade. Unfortunately, you use this capacity on yourself as well. You are your own worst critic. Most people grade themselves very harshly. I'm not saying that you should stop looking at yourself. I'm saying to look deeper. Yes, you need to evaluate how you behave with other people and how you handle life. But it is your deeper essence that makes you who you are. And this deeper essence, your own mystical heart and beingness, is what makes you able to handle other people and to handle life itself. So yoga says, use your mind differently than you have been. Instead of ruminating over a self-criticism or a rationalization or justification for the umpteenth time, ruminate over the mantra, affirming and reaffirming your own divine essence. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Honoring your own Shivaya, your own divine essence. Parashiva, being you. As Baba said, you are the same Parashiva who becomes the universe and dwells in its heart. You can use your mind to find this inside. You find your own self, which is the self of all. Now, some of you have heard this from me before. The only reason I keep reminding you to repeat mantra more, not just during meditation, but also during the day, is because you haven't indicated to me that you're enlightened yet. Enlightenment is in the palm of your hand. It's like if you were holding a miniature sun shining and radiant with light. That's the mantra right there in the palm of your hand but you keep turning your hand over and dropping it on the ground. And then you pick up a stone or a mud clod instead and you rub it all over your face. And you're a mess again. Pick up the mantra and get it going again. But mantra alone is not enough. Yoga has thousands of mantras and any of them will help. But to get to the knowing of the self, you need a mantra with psychedelic power. You need a supercharged mantra, one that is cosmic and spiritually radioactive. Fortunately, I've got that for you. Why? Because I needed it. An ordinary mantra did not take care of my extraordinary need when I began this path. If I go back to the Riverwalk metaphor, 
where I began was not pretty. It's like I got on the nice, wide, paved path under the trees and alongside the river, and I'd take a step, like each mantra repetition is one step. So I'd say the mantra, like taking one step on the path, and then I'd collapse in a heap, curl up in a fetal position, and whine and moan and cry. Then I'd pull myself together, get up, take another step, and collapse again. I needed more. And I got more. I got Baba. He gave me a mantra that carried me down the path. Not even like rollerblades, but like I had jetpacks on my feet. Each mantra repetition carried me farther ahead than I could see. This is the power of a Chaitanya mantra, an enlivened mantra, one that is filled with consciousness. It seeps deep into you. Technically, what happens is that this mantra, because of Baba's energy that he put into it, it triggers consciousness to arise within you. You are filled with your own beingness. Oh, Shiva. This mantra gives you your own self. Vitarka Atmanyanam. The commentary on our Sutra of the Day says, the realization of your own self as Shiva is the acquisition of ambrosia. This is the authentic seizure of the self. This is a quote from another text, Spandakarika 2.7. Here is where the sutras cross-reference each other, drawing on the rich explanations offered by other great sages. The realization of your own self as Shiva is the acquisition of ambrosia. This is the authentic seizure of the self. Do you want to be seized by the self? Or maybe you'd prefer to seize the self. I'm okay with either. Go for it. The seizure of the self is the realization of who you already are. It is, as the sutra says, the acquisition of ambrosia, the bliss of consciousness, vitarka, Atmanyanam. We're looking at two levels of meaning in this sutra. The first was right understanding is knowledge of the self. The first meaning, right understanding, means you work with your understanding. You work with your mind. You must. For if you don't work with your mind, what is it doing to you? In developing your right understanding, you use mantra and you consider that you are made of the same thing that everyone else is made of. The divine substance of which this universe is made. And that your own heart and being are made of the one essence that has become all. You find this inside. You find your own self, which is the self of all. And you can use your mind to get there. Now we're looking at a deeper meaning. Unwavering awareness is the knowing of the self. If you want to live in your heart, not just your heart, but your mystical heart, 
all the time, then we're talking all the time, unwavering. What are you being unwavering in? Always aware. Always aware that you are aware. Being the one who is aware. Being the consciousness that you already are. You see, consciousness is always aware. Since you are consciousness, you are Shiva, your own self is already aware. Always aware. Unwavering awareness itself. So when you are always aware, then you are the one who is being aware. Now, there are some fine points here. First of all, you are already always aware. When you are awake, you're aware of whatever you're paying attention to. When you're dreaming, you're aware of your dream. Even in sleep, you are aware of sleep. You can't actually stop being aware. You can't make yourself more aware, and you can't stop being aware. Awareness, aka consciousness, is your nature. So you are always aware. But you pour your awareness into stuff, you get caught up in stuff. If you're dreaming, You're completely lost in the terror of the tiger chasing you. You wake up panting with your heart pounding and your feet twitching, panicked, and it takes you a while to figure out it was a dream. Similarly, you get lost in the depths of sleep. Worse, you get lost in the stuff in your mind when you're in the midst of life. Someone says something to you or does something that affects you. And you start in inside. This is just like when so-and-so did X, Y, Z to me years and years ago. This is so not working for me. I can't believe I'm going through this. They are so wrong. Maybe stupid's a better term. And here's what I'm going to do about this. I'm just going to do X, Y, Z, and that'll show them. This is not... Seizure of the self. This is the seizure of your own mind. Your mind has kidnapped you. You are aware, still, and always being aware. But what you're being aware of is your mind's conjuring. Like a magician, your mind makes you believe stuff is happening when that's really not what's happening at all. And even if it was, your mind spins and spins right out of control. And then what are you aware of? That your mind is crazy. And then you do your best to share it with other people. This is not the seizure of the self. This is the seizure of your mind. Do you believe the stuff your mind tells you? If so, I'm going to say you watch too much TV or spend too much time online. You really believe that stuff too? Vitarka Atmanyanam, unwavering awareness, is the knowing of the self. So what is unwavering awareness? If you've already got it, you're already enlightened, right? Yes? 
And no, being the one who is aware is being the self. When you're the tiger bait in your dream, you're not the one who is dreaming. You've left your wholeness of being and become just a part of the story. When you're reacting to things in life, you're not seeing the whole of life. It's like you've joined me at the trailhead, curled up in a fetal position once again. Or, I don't know, maybe instead you're brandishing your words like swords, seeing if you can draw blood from the divine incarnations around you who are there specifically to push your buttons. They do a good job, don't they? When you are in unwavering awareness, you see the whole scene play out, even when it's hard. Even when you have a part to play, you're still aware. Some meditative systems say, just back away, get out, get away, escape from all this crazy making stuff, go it alone, do it yourself. You've probably even tried this, but it doesn't work. Why? Because the one divine reality has become all that exists, including you and everyone else. So you, who are that one divine reality in an individualized form, must step into relationship with all the other individuals who are also the one divine reality in individualized forms. Awareness of the phantasmagoria of life is included in unwavering awareness. And the self embraces it all. There is nothing to run from, nowhere to hide, nothing to reject, nor anything to crave and chase after. It's all divine. And when you are in unwavering awareness, you know this. You see and you be your own self, O Shiva. This is the seizure of the self. This second translation of the sutra is about Shaktipat. Vitarka Atmanyanam, unwavering awareness, is the knowing of the self. This is about the process that unfolds, that blossoms forth from the inside outward. When you receive the mystical transmission of Shakti, of energy, that is Shaktipat, consciousness blossoms forth from within you. Rising from tail to top, she burns away everything that keeps you entwined, limited, puny, small. Your meditations day by day, your mantra repetition supports this clearing, this gradual lightening of your load, a load you've accumulated through lifetimes of need, greed, and fear. These primal motivations begin to lessen as well. Because your daily meditations and your mantra repetition give time for the energy of the cosmos, kundalini, to do your inner work for you. Whether you experience heat, 
physical movements, or subtle clearings of your heart and mind, Kundalini is taking the trash out for you. This is called grace, specifically Guru's grace. Shaktipada's grace made tangible the initiation into this divine path. But Shaktipat does not end the flow of grace. It merely opens the tap. Well, it's not just a water tap that flows. It's a fire hydrant of grace that supports your process along the way. I know, for I was drenched by my guru's grace. I learned it firsthand. I spent years with him. For his very presence gave me myself. Sitting with him almost felt like when I was a teenager, tanning in the sun at the beach. I'd soak up his presence like soaking up the rays. But along with his presence, there were his words, his teachings that made sense out of my life and my quest. And chanting, chanting with Baba was divine. The words naming that one reality within while being saturated by the music and the voices and his voice from the outside. I was drenched by Guru's grace from the moment of Shaktipat until now and forever after. For I will never leave my Guru. How can I? He shines through your eyes. He abides in your heart. Whether you know it or not, he is me. There is nowhere for me to go and nowhere else I'd rather be. Vitarka Atmanyanam, unwavering awareness is the knowing of the self. The self is unwavering awareness, being all and being that which contains all. How big is your heart? Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha.